welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, if you listened earlier in the week, we have recorded a Thanksgiving special, so this is just for the Sunday games. So, uh, Walk, how are you? Where you want to get started? Quite a few injuries to talk about, and then we'll jump into these uh, team breakdowns. Yeah, Johnny, juices are flowing after that turkey day extravaganza cornucopia that we recorded just before this, and I'm ready to go. Talk about these remaining 26 teams that get to enjoy their Thanksgivings at home with their families, while the other six teams have to entertain us on the most glorious football day of the year. So I'm just ready to rock. You know, we usually start with injuries or unfortunate byproduct of this game that we love so much. So we just get into those injuries and then we can get on to these divisions. I got it. Here's a question for you. Do you like Thanksgiving food? No, no, me neither. And I, I, I don't think anyone truly likes it. I think I it's all. Yeah, I was talking oh, to him. He's like, "You're just eating the wrong food." I'm like, "No, I've eaten a lot of Thanksgiving food. It's not that." And he's like, "No, I think you are." I'm like, "No, it's no, not really." Like, turkey, meh. Take it or leave it. Why don't we eat it the rest of the year? That dude, that has been my uh, argument for years now. Which is, know? if if it was so good, you'd roast a turkey for Fourth of July. If stuffing was good, <laughs> you'd have it on more than one day a year. Yeah. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is at your grocery store all year. No one's eating cranberry sauce for fucking, you know. It's probably cheaper the other day weekend. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sweet potatoes. I mean, I like sweet potatoes. I'm a big sweet potato guy. So you you can have me on sweet, give me sweet potato casserole. I'm here. But I eat that all year. Like, yeah, it's not situational. You know, you know corn, green beans, mashed potatoes. I mean, well, that's not. It's not Thanksgiving. That's just side dishes. Yeah, everybody so, likes mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate turkey. I mean, I'm actually I actually like turkey, but just it doesn't it doesn't doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. I'd rather have a Thanksgiving ham. To be honest with you, give me give me a ham over turkey any day. So yeah, it's just Thanksgiving pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure you've done that before, if I recall yes, correctly. I so yeah, 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 eat what you want, right? Like that's why we're going, we're going out. We're going out, you know, we're, we're going away for the night on Wednesday. We're going to do the Thanksgiving day parade on Thursday. We're going to eat whatever we want on Thursday. And then, yeah, we'll head over to the family, you know, a family member's house later in the day, just for some late football and cocktails. So, yeah, we're, we're doing Thanksgiving our way this year. And it doesn't involve Turkey at all. It's outstanding. <laughs> so, Last yeah. year I made, uh, my uncle had purchased a Cajun seasoned, turkey breast from the deli so i i barbecued it and i made uh jambalaya with <laughs> with the turkey breast and uh and a wee sausage and all that bullshit and i i was actually one of the most enjoyable thanksgiving i i ever had but my it mom sounds it tra- sounds amazing yeah my mom yeah. likes the traditional stuff and like a couple weeks ago she revealed to me that she hated the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> the bars are nothing if not brutally honest. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, you got to respect it. But yeah, it's for some people. You know, to you know, kudos to them. You know, it's just it's not our thing. You know, and you should celebrate how you want to celebrate. Yeah, literally any holiday, honestly. So, so what is our thing? <laughs> Fantasy football. So, um, yeah, right yes. Yeah. Looking at the injuries that happened this week, kind of at quarterback. The main one here was Matt Stafford. Suffered another concussion. I think that's number two in two weeks, maybe three weeks, but they're usually pretty cautious with the second one. Kind of a mixed bag there at what they have at quarterback. Hard to say 
they got no young guys they want to kick the tires on, see if that's who's going to take over. So kind of a ugh, yucky mess there between Perkins and, and John Wofford, but, but I, you're not adding either one of them. <laughs> Make a trade, hit waivers for something else. I had to start John Wofford in a league the one week, and it's because so I. I had everyone on by, and then Kyler Murray was my starter, and he was inactive. So I had to pick up John Wofford in that game, and he stunk. Stunk so bad. Yeah, the Rams are three and seven. They're currently a 14 and a half point underdog in Kansas City. So I don't think they'd be a 14 and a half point underdog if Stafford was playing, even though they probably would still lose by 14 and a half. But I think Big Vegas is assuming no Matt Stafford. So we're either getting a John Wofford or a Bryce Perkins. Lambs led to slaughter in uh, Kansas City on Sunday. Gross. A big big name got dinged up. Kyle Picks tore his MCL, so that's the end of the year for him. What's been a disappointing year. He, he's let people down. I, I doubt people, unless you were in a pinch, were starting him week in and week out anyway, so I don't know how much that shakes up the short-term fantasy landscape. Obviously, for Dynasty, you want to keep an eye on his progress and recovery, but luckily it was the MCL, not the ACL. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably almost doing Kyle Pitts' owners a favor this year because I do think most of them were still starting them because tight ends sucked <laughs> this year. Sure. So you're probably still just hoping for the upside. It just never transpired, you know, for Kyle Pitts and this dirty Falcons offense. So it's, it's unfortunate for Pitts, but at least people don't have to plug them in and know they're getting three points week in and week out for the rest of the season. It's funny, they like getting called the Dirty Birds, and it sounds like a cool nickname, but when you call them the Dirty Falcons, it does sound like they suck. <laughs> yeah, that was the intent behind it. It's a lot no, better. I'm not leading into their nickname and telling them how I truly feel. <laughs> Get that uh, Ritter in there, please. I, them winning Stop games it. and being competitive is the worst thing for them. Because, yeah, they'll probably wait till they're eliminated, which is going to be like week fucking 15. And you're going to get such a small sample out of Ritter. You're not going to really even know what you've got. But I mean, this, ad- the, the shitty part is, right, they just beat the Bears. Now they get the at Commanders and versus Steelers. Like, they're both, like, not overwhelming matchups either. Like, they're five and six. They could be seven and six or six and seven going into their bye week. And you're right. They'd still be, quote, unquote, in it and forcing Marcus Mariota down our throat for three to four more weeks. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Justin Fields dislocated his left non-throwing shoulder. I haven't seen any updates uh, if they're planning on him playing or not. Dude, he dislocated his shoulder and just didn't – he just kept playing. (laughs) He's pretty much getting hit, play it, and play out because he's their lead running back too in their offense now. So crazy how tough this dude is. Matt Eberflus has already come out and said he day-to-day or he could be shut down entirely. That's that's the, the latest update. <laughs> that's for me too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. every so morning I. I say the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, just the range of outcomes in this game. I mean, the Jets are a four and a half point home favorite against the Bears. Not like the Bears. Oh, that's the team. playing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which, the Jets would be an ugly game for him anyway. As a Fields owner in a number of places, sit him out a week, but don't shelf him altogether. We got things to do. The Bears are home against the Packers in week 13. So give them a week off. You're not winning anything this year. I don't even know who the Bears backup quarterback is. <laughs> totally honest, I, I literally, I just tried to think on the top of my head. I have no clue who it is. 
Bears Jets is such a shitty game. It should have been on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I mean they should just flex it, right? They, can they do that? <laughs> they flex oh. it. They got I gotta. I gotta see something real quick. Uh, Are you looking at the Bears depth chart? I, I am looking up the Bears depth chart because pure curiosity. Oh, it's Trevor Simeon. Oh, that's, that can't end poorly. I actually knew that, and I just. I I knew who it was. Like I knew my I, brain. I knew off. once I saw it, I was gonna know who it is. But yeah, I mean that's tough for. For everyone who's started to ride this Justin Fields wave over the last several weeks, but it's also inevitable. I mean, the, if what injury is a guy going to pick up when he's carrying it fifteen to twenty times per game as a quarterback? You think a shoulder injury, perhaps, is going to happen? About, yeah. <laughs> talking about the Falcons, like doing just enough to to ruin their real season and their draft spot. That's what Fields just did. So we get shut down. That's what he just did to all your fantasy teams. Now you're too good to get a top three pick next year, but you're just going to miss the playoffs by a game. That's the the field's treatment. Uh, Absolutely right. An injury that probably hurts you uh, in quite a few spots. Joe Mixon uh, got dinged up, suffered a concussion. Again, no updates I've seen yet, but led to a ridiculous Samaje Piran game. Um, Obviously, if he's hurt, that's not good. But, you know, Piran's out there, grab him and, He's going to get the work because he's the only show in town. Yes, and it did hurt him. In my home league, I, I eked out a victory, uh, losing Mixon out of my starting lineup, and only because the guy I played against had Rondell Moore leave on the first snap of the game on Monday Night Football due to a groin injury. So it's turnabout is fair play. But just to keep things in perspective with Smudge P. Ryan, he also sucked as a running back. He had 11 carries. Oh, yeah. So didn't do anything different than what Mixon did. All his damage came as a pass catcher where he somehow had four for 52 and three touchdowns. Two of the touchdowns were the exact same play. They ran it a second time and scored on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. It was like paralyzingly frustrating because I'm like, oh, P. Ryan scored three touchdowns in this game. That means that's six Joe Mixon touchdowns, right? Which the Carolina Panthers all over again. Seven. Yeah. I mean, because P. Ryan stinks. So that's. It's what it, what it all comes down to. It's literally just this is the luckiest massive game I've ever seen in my life, and not only because of the concussion, even the way he was scoring should not have been replicable. <laughs> just shouldn't have been. Uh, not really fantasy relevant, except for the Melvin Gordon who's added on to it. But Chase Edmonds, a uh, high ankle sprain, so he's probably out for a few weeks. Boone's still on the injured reserve. Melvin Gordon uh, washing cars. Nothing, nothing else there. Latavius Murray, who I dropped earlier in the week, of course, uh, stars aligned to fuck me on that. But Chase Edmonds weren't really using him. I mean, you know, coming over midseason on a trade, it's hard to get familiar with a playbook unless you've, you know, like the Jeff Wilson situation where you're coming to a team that's running the offense you have already played in before. So wasn't doing much anyway, but losing him. You know, you, if you had your fingers crossed after the Gordon news and you were like, oh, maybe Edmonds will see a little action. No, sir, with the ankle. Um, yeah. Another ankle. Oh, well, sorry. Before you get on that, like Chase Edmonds, I'm relatively confident that the Broncos didn't want Chase Edmonds in the deal. I'm going to go on a limb and say, like, Miami was like, if you want those assets, you also have to take this contract off our hands. We don't want him here anymore. So I don't know how much it was Denver wanted Chase Edmonds. I did think him and Javante Williams next year would be a great one-two punch, but obviously him picking up the ankle right now is totally 
rules him out for any fantasy viability this year, and he could and would have had opportunity. So just wanted to give my two cents on Chase Evans there. Denver Broncos suck. Another running back angle, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, we saw last week he kind of got phased out of the game entirely, but it's hard to just go, all right, that's one game sample. Who knows? Maybe it's just matchups. Maybe it was also – but I would have liked to see him not get hurt and have this whole game with all of them healthy and saying, okay, he's clearly not going to be involved. But now he's banged up. Uh, We'll get more into that when I talk about Kansas City later. But – I, I just wish he didn't get hurt so it clarified it because in two weeks, if he's fucking healthy and all of a sudden he has another 14 carry game and he's, you know, two receiving touchdowns, it's going to be very frustrating. All right. Well, listen, uh, Pacheco shot out of a goddamn cannon after sure did. Clyde Edwards Lair went down in that game. And now, even if it is short term, we're going to get two more weeks of all the Pacheco because what are you going to do? Activate Ronald Jones and give him carries? No, it's going to be Pacheco and all the running downs work with Derek McKinnon handling the change of pace and the pass down stuff. Listen, they have the Chargers. Or sorry, they beat the Chargers. They have the Rams, who they're 14 and a half point favorites. We're going to get another big Pacheco game there. And then at Bengals, which should be interesting. But then they end the season at Broncos, who will be mailed in by then, at Texans, run fest. Versus Seahawks, you know, Seattle wants to run, so it's going to be Pacheco. Versus Broncos again, so they get the dead, lame duck Broncos twice. That is such a beautiful schedule for Isaiah Pacheco that he's going to be so so far ahead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at that point in time. It's not going to matter. It's not. But you were talking about Chiefs. We also have to talk about Kadarius Tony. Everyone plugged him into the starting lineup, right? Everyone. All of America. Put him in the starting lineup, right? He had a touchdown the week before, and now then Juju and Hardman are both out. You're like, it's going to happen. Nah, didn't, didn't even record a stat before that hammy acted up. It's just the fantasy gods just you know, letting us know they're truly in charge and not us. It's so ironic that the guy that joked about his hamstrings hurting and never really being hurt in New York actually got a hamstring injury and left the game with a big old goose egg for everyone that trusted you know, the Joker, which that's his nickname. Uh, so never trust the Joker. I think Batman told us anything. It's not to do that. So Kadarius Tony squarely back to everyone's benches. He's going to have to show it again before he pokes his head out like Puxatoni Phil. Yeah, another uh, injured wide receiver, Wandale Robinson for the Giants. He had a nice breakout game, was finally coming along, seemed to have maybe become in that team's top receiving option. Uh, towards ACL and the timing's just so bad. You know, this time of year, it's like, okay, the swelling goes down, let's say two weeks. He could get surgery the first week of December. It's a year to get better. You know, he, he not only sinks any hopes you had for him for the remainder of this year, but he's, you know, there's no real path to him being fantasy viable for most of next year either. So now, Robinson turned into a guy you were excited about and was doing something this year to somebody who now you're going, well, maybe in 2024 I could plug him into my 
starting lineup. Just shitty timing getting the ACL this late in the season. Yeah, I mean, we've seen similarly timed ACLs like Godwin, who did come back to start the season, but then picked up a corresponding injury yeah. and missed time. Then you see Gallup, who started on the pup and, and missed several weeks going into it. I know there's other guys. Jamison Williams was later in the year, and he's just been activated to return to practice type thing. Yeah, I mean, he's likely going to miss, best case scenario, half of next year. Um, you know, even with a clean recovery and, and, you know, and then, you know, what are we talking about back end of next year as he's kind of getting back into like football shape and, you know, the grind of, you know, the football season. So yeah, it's going to be probably a lost 2023 for him as well. And I wasn't that high on him where he went. I thought they reached to get him. Yeah. You know, these diminutive receivers are it's very hit or miss, um, but they were using him. I mean, yeah, it's no denying his, his electricity, you know, and, and what he could bring to an offense. They clearly wanted a Wondell Robinson type on that team, and they were they were going to make that kid a, a mini star. So it's, it's unfortunate, um, even off a big game that he had last week. Talking about wide receiver injuries, Mike, big Mike Williams came back, proceeded to step on someone's foot on a toe-tap catch on the sideline and hurt his ankle. Again, and didn't see the field uh, after that. So we got the return of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in that Chargers game. Mike Williams pretty quickly rolled himself right back out, and somehow miraculously, Keenan Allen had no setbacks in in his game. So <laughs> miraculously, so at least so Justin Herbert's going to get some wide receiver help to stay on the field for him because it's looking like the lost season for Mike Williams at this point in time after a very solid start. That, that was all I had for these significant injuries. There's some other smaller ones that might come up breaking down the teams, but that was it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Jalen Warren left with a hamstring, but you're right, yeah. smaller injuries, but it led to all the Najee Harris work and then Michael Carter. Oh, no, Michael Carter, sorry, the, the D-back, not the running back on the Jets. So <laughs> strike that. Other uh, Michael Carter. That, that's yeah, that's what we got there. So let's dive in, John. Are we going to actually compass this thing this week, or are you going to mess it up again? Well, we could compass. We're going to go north. Well, you usually say that, and then you do a totally different division. <laughs> to find out. Go east. <laughs> I, I mean, we could. It, I, I'll do north, and then I'll throw my east in because I've only got one team. I've only got the Jets. Miami was on the bye. Buffalo and New England both played on Thursday, so. Well, I'll listen, just do that because I only have two East because we did two on Thursday, too. So just do the North like you normally would, and then we'll do the East. All right. It'll be Going to the North. Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> you had mentioned Jalen Warren getting banged up. They were. Who knows what the game plan was coming in? Did Harris get all the work because it was the plan and he was healthy with a little break time there? Or was it all part of Warren getting hurt? Uh, Harris, 20 carries, 90 yards. Got in the end zone twice. Four catches for another 26 yards on six targets. So hopefully they're leaning on him a little more, take some of the pressure off Kenny Pickett. Fairmouth seems to be one of Pickett's favorite targets, 12, tar- uh, 12 targets, eight receptions for 79 yards. George Pickens uh, seems to be Kenny Pickett's. It's key. Whew, hard to keep saying Pickett and Pickens and getting them right. But Pickens seems to be his preferred target over Deontay Johnson right now. Uh, Johnson's still seeing more snaps, but – Pickens is getting the more valuable ones. Uh, he had last four games, 13 receptions, 176 yards, and two touchdowns, and that includes a game where he had no catches against your Philadelphia Eagles. With Warren out of there, Benny Snell still only saw three snaps. So 
I'm wondering if it was more game plan to get Najee Harris healthy on this bye week and, and rely on him. I'm not quite sure, but we'll see what happens, uh, how long Warren is out. Baltimore Ravens, Kenyon Drake, 51% of snaps, Justice Hill, 41%, and both did nothing with it. Drake, 10 carries, 46 yards, Hill, 7 uh, for 30. Uh, as receivers, Kenyon Drake, four targets, two receptions for seven yards. Justice Hill, three receptions, three targets for eight yards. So thanks for showing up and giving me nothing. Uh, Mark Andrews was back, 93% snap share, saw eight targets, 63 yards. And wide receiver, kind of a weird split. Duvernay, 84% of snaps. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, 78%. But the production went all to Demarcus Robinson this week. Duvernay, one catch for three yards. Demarcus Robinson exploded. Nine catches for 128 yards on nine targets. Don't expect that week in and week out. But I, I've mentioned him even, I think, going back to week three, looking at my notes here. He's been... And somebody they've gotten involved. I mean, and now with uh, what's his name from Minnesota, whose name escapes me on the injured reserve, he's going to be out there when they have two receivers on the field. So. Oh, Rashad Bateman. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, De- DeMarcus Robinson, who was wide receiver, what, four slash five for the Chiefs the last two years, is yeah. the clear alpha in this Ravens passing attack. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So <clears throat> moving to the Cleveland Browns, who uh, – played the bills we we mentioned a little bit i think during the thanksgiving show nick chubb 14 carries for 19 yards i i I said it's even worse than it looks he had a long of a 12 of 12 so he had one 12 yard carry which means his other 13 carries went for seven yards so as bad of a day as you're going to have on the ground from anyone especially from him but he did kind of salvage it catching three balls for 48 so he got 7.8 through the air to, to go with his uh, 1.9 on the ground. So not great, but he did salvage it. Amari Cooper, uh, 84% of snaps to Peoples-Jones, 99%. But Cooper did catch eight passes for 113 and two touchdowns. Typical Amari Cooper explosion game. So get, plug him in your lineup so you can. Also scored, though, five for 61 and a touchdown. And Joku came back from injury. Didn't see a lion's share of work, though. They're kind of bringing him along slowly. Uh, Harrison Bryant saw 73% of snaps, and Joku saw 37 So I, I still wouldn't fully trust him till he's getting a monster percentage of that snap share. And the Cincinnati Bengals, you already spoiled this with uh, his stat line. But, yeah, P. Ryan, 11 carries for 30, four receptions for 52, and three touchdowns without mixing in there. Uh, kind of someone weird emerged in this game, if you look at the box score or, or watched any of the game. We had talked with Chase going out. Uh, maybe Mike Mike Thomas might be the guy who will slide in because they do use a lot of three-wide receiver. And they used him, but not heavily. In this game, someone named Trenton Irwin saw 70% of snaps, caught three of his four targets for 42 yards, and got in the end zone, I believe, on a one-yard score. So I did a little research on him. He was with the um, – <coughs> Miami Dolphins in 2019, they released him, and he has been on the Bengals since then. So he's been a practice squad guy that they've held on to for, shit, three years now. So they kind of like him. He did get in the end zone. I'd be curious to see if they use him a little bit more going forward, but 70% of snaps in his first game ain't nothing. So he might be worth 
you know, is he a league winner? No, but if some injuries pile up, you know, we've mentioned if you had Tony or Wandale Robinson or, or, or some of these other guys, eh, you might, he might be a, a service, a wide receiver for flex guy uh, to close out the season. And that concludes the North. Trent Irwin is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hayden Hurst, illegitimate half brother. <laughs> Literally looks like a 30 pound lighter version. Of, of Hayden Hurst, all, all, all down to the hair. I mean, literally. Oh, the guy, beautiful flowing yeah. locks. It just, yeah, just just a man. Did you know that uh, Najee Harris has had exactly 20 carries each of the last two weeks? Hadn't hit 20 carries yet on the season. 99 yards and 90 yards, decent yards per carry, two touchdowns against Cincinnati. Seems like <laughs> something's starting to click yeah. for Najee and this running attack, you know, at least compared to well, what he was doing early in the year when he was turning he, 10 carries into 23 yards, 11 carries into 20 yards, 14 carries into 42 yards, eight carries into 32 yards. They, yes, they were game logs from Najee Harris. And I think part of that too is just keeping, you know, you have, they got to help Kenny Pickett as much as possible. And the way to do that is to keep defenses honest and get your running back more involved. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's got more than a two-to-one interception to touchdown ratio. It's two, three interception games on the season has never hasn't had a multi-touchdown game yet. So it's uh, not not how you want to start there, old KP. So from your north to my north, we already discussed two of my teams on a Thursday night slate: the Vikings and the Lions. So this is a quick one as we'll rock through. I'm going to start with the Bears because they deserve it. Justin Fields. You know, I already mentioned earlier, day to day or could get shut down for the season. That's literally what the, the, the current <laughs> I love it. I state love it. of affairs is for Justin Fields. So keep an eye on it. I don't think he plays this week, especially given the stat line that we're seeing with the Jets. They don't deserve to be a four and a half point home favor against anyone, in my opinion. But just listen to Justin Fields' rush stat lines the last five weeks oh, 14 wow. for 82 and a touchdown. Insane. Eight for 60 and a touchdown, 15 for 178 and a touchdown, 13 for 147 and two touchdowns, 18 for 85 and a touchdown. He has scored a rushing touchdown five straight weeks, has had no less than 60 yards rushing in any of those five weeks, and has also had at least 13 carries in four of those five weeks. Just bonkers production uh, would be an RB1 on the rushing stats alone over that timeline. But we could be losing him for, for a while. And also, speaking of running backs, we lose Khalil Herbert, unfortunately. Uh-huh. What does that mean? 20 touches for fucking David Montgomery gets you 121 yards and a touchdown just because there's literally no one else. They don't trust Treston Edmonds. Monty's getting all the work. He actually did a little bit of damage as a receiver on those 20 touches as well. But had a productive fantasy day, as everyone in the world knew he was going to have once – Herbert was ruled out in that matchup, but interested to see what that looks like in subsequent weeks. The Jets are going to shut down the run. Imani is not having a day at all this weekend. I don't even care if Herbert plays. Guess which which, which dummy on this podcast started Ebner in like three spots. (laughs) Someone was in a pinch, clearly. That's uh, the world we live in. But, you know, I mentioned Monty having 20 touches in the game. The the Bears as a whole had 19 team targets. That, that was it. That was how many opportunities pass catchers got. David Montgomery touched the ball more than targets were thrown in this offense, which should surprise no one, but I just thought it was an interesting dichotomy. From them to the Packers, it seems like 
a while ago that they got just embarrassed uh, on Thursday night football. So I'll just want to remind everyone they got embarrassed on Thursday night football in, in week 11, 10 point home loss to the Titans where Derrick Henry didn't look like he was doing anything special other than somehow carrying the entire offense, throwing touchdowns, running for touchdowns, grinding the soul out of the Green Bay Packers. So what does that look like the last couple of weeks? So last two weeks, Alan Lazard has been the high snap guy, 98 and 92% of snaps. But uh, Christian Watson's logged all the fancy points. He's had a total of eight yeah. for 155 and five touchdowns over the last two weeks. Everyone in the world knows it. Three touchdown game, two touchdown game. But that will not persist. Alan Lazard is still out there getting his cardio. Uh, he's So he might be a guy you want to target. Um, I don't think anyone's clamoring for Alan Lazard, but he's on the field and Christian Watson can't keep catching all of the touchdown passes. So I'm looking a little rebound on the Alan Lazard side of things. And then on the season, Aaron Jones just continues to run laps around AJ Dillon as obviously the two of us on this podcast. Well, know what do his stats look like on the year? Well, Alan, uh, Aaron Jones already has over a thousand yards, 1,026 total yards, 40 receptions and five total touchdowns. Meanwhile, Slug A.J. Dillon has 576 total yards, 17 receptions, and one total TD. Just Can we start just a little less Dillon? I mean, even in this lost season, us Aaron Jones believers, he could easily be like a 1,200-yard, seven-touchdown guy with 50 receptions at this point, and he can handle it, and this offense needs it. Like, let Dylan grind down games if you're winning or if the games are so out of hand that you just don't want to put. But whenever it's a competitive game, you should not see AJ Dillon on the field. So I agree with you entirely for fantasy, but aren't they a better real life football team? I mean, Dylan is, as much as we're not huge fans, he's still better than most of their wide receivers and tight ends, in my opinion. So why wouldn't I, – I just don't see why they're not going more run heavy. And Not that I necessarily want to see more Dylan. I want to see more of both of them because, you know, until these two explosion games out of nowhere from Watson, I mean, this receiving core has stunk the – bulk of the year and their record shows you that that's not the way they're going to fucking win games because they have sucked all year so I, I these guys just get locked in so much i think and what they what they think they have i i've just been baffled by a lot of their decisions in oh, we did. all Don't- year don't get me wrong, but you're talking about them running the ball more. Aaron Jones, they don't have combined for 260 carries on the year. Derrick Henry has 230. They're running the ball. Like it's a hell or high water. They're, they're running the ball. I mean, even in that game, they, they, just, suck that Cowboys, they just don't throw it. <laughs> they just, they, they are running it. I mean, don't get it twisted. They are running it. They're probably up there as one of the most hunt, run heavy teams in the league. You know, as far as run pass ratio is concerned, it's just not working. So that's the Packers. Nothing really else to see here. We're not going to talk about Tunyon. There's no one else to talk about in this offense. I mean, yeah, Randall Cobb came back. He, he's kind of decent enough, you know, if you're super desperate. But there's no one on by this week. You should not be starting Randall Cobb. But you know that Aaron Rodgers loves him. He's going to find him four or five times in a week. So if, you, if you're looking for a floor, you know, you can get a, a four for 50 Randall Cobb just about every week if you want it because he's, he will find Randall Cobb several times in a game that he starts and finishes. So that's that's it for my Packers. That's my North, since we had already discussed the Vikings and the Lions. We already know the outcome of their games from Thanksgiving. So we can go off that North and jump to your East. 
Yeah, East, uh, another quick one for me and I, th- for you too. Miami was on the bye. Buffalo playing Thursday. New England playing Thursday. So all I've got left is the New York Jets. So a little bit of a QB controversy. I saw Robert Sala said, you know, they asked him if uh, Wilson's job was safe. And he said, uh, "We this whole team needs to make changes. So, y- you know, they're in the playoff picture, which means – Joe Flacco, if anybody gets the nod, it's going to be him. But I, I still think you have to kick the, you know, at some point you got to see what you've got in Mike White, who had some good games and some real fucking stinkers a year ago. I mean, we've seen the upside and we've seen the floor. You know, you, you see guys kind of like Jamie Winston where you're like, ooh, good and bad. But I think you, you owe it to your team to see if he can be any good at all, or you're scrapping this whole thing and, and drafting a quarterback again. So anyway, James Robinson only saw 11 snaps in this game. I didn't see that he was hurt, but you know, you'd think going into last week where you're playing the Patriots and this was a fucking disgusting three, three game the whole time. Do you think you could get him more involved? I, I think Robinson is a better runner than uh, Jesus. His name's escaping me. Michael Carter. Michael Carter. I think Carter's probably an overall better back, better receiver, and, and, and can do some other things. But Robinson's just a, a good running back. So getting him 22% of snaps in a game where you could have probably ran it a little more, especially when Wilson sucked most of the game. Uh, kind of weird. Elijah Moore, 54% of snaps, which is since week six. He had four targets, which was second on the team. To Denzel Mims, six uh, targets, 90% snap share for him, which is kind of weird. So Moore finally got out there, did nothing with it, but no one did anything in this game. And Mims has kind of emerged a bit here in, in terms of workload since Moore's disgruntled uh, benching, however you want to word this. What do you think of Mims with Flacco? If Flacco ends up getting the starting job back, does Mims become an actual fantasy viable guy? He could, but I'll tell you what, Garrett Wilson would explode if Joe Flacco was under center. It probably would be Mike White. They said Mike White had taken the QB two from Flacco. Flacco's been inactive, and I don't. They did say, yeah, they said Flacco was upset. I remember reading him. Yeah, I mean, he'd be upset as he wants, but he's not the future. If you're not trusting Zach Wilson, you're going to go to Mike White and see if there's a chance he can do anything because you're right i did not realize the jets are literally just on the outside looking in they don't have I guess, until last week they were in the playoffs yeah, they're eighth you know at the same six and four record as the bengals i mean they're they're literally right there and there's last a lot week, behind them yeah they were seven five and five chargers and other only other team not in with a winning record but how crazy is it we're talking about the afc and the east and that three of the four playoff teams are AFC East teams right now, and that the Jets are just on the outside looking in. And a week ago, they were four for four. That's nuts. Yeah. So that's it. I got the Jets. My East is done. All right. <laughs> so your East. Well, listen, I only have two. Yeah. Right? We already talked about the Cowboys and the Giants, so we'll rip through this. My Eagles. <sighs> Miles Sanders still a clear snap leader, sixty-five percent. And I said I've been saying this week after week. He's clearly a touchdown or bust wide running back yeah. too. I mean, he just he's not going to get any volume in the pass game. He had one target, one catch for one yard, if I recall correctly. He's just never going to be a guy that you look up and he's like, oh shit, he had you know, like random whatever the three for forty-eight for Nick Chubb. You're not going to see that from Miles sure. Sanders. I mean, he's just not. I mean, he caught a huge PI penalty where you know uh, hurts. He had him wide open. Hurts underthrew him where. 
maybe if he gets it to him in stride, you know, we could be talking about a 60 yard touchdown reception for Miles Sanders, but it ended up being a huge PI that set up their, their game winning touchdown. So guess he could have randomly, but that never happens for Miles Sanders. So you got to hope that he gets in the end zone week after week. Uh, Devonta Smith, 94% and AJ Brown, 88% played heavy snaps and saw most of the volume. Devonta Smith had nine targets, which was 39% of the team targets had seven, six for 78 day. AJ Brown saw seven targets, which represented over 30% of the team targets. So we're talking roughly 70% of the team's targets went to those two individuals. AJ Brown had five for 60 and a critical fumble loss when he was trying to make a play. So neither of them had a big fantasy day and, Ultimately, that resulted in Jalen Hurts' stat line where he was 190 passing, one touchdown, went to Quez Watkins, no interceptions, had 16 for 86 and a touchdown, which he scored literally with 20 seconds left in the game. Would have been a shit fantasy day even for Jalen Hurts and a loss from the Eagles if they didn't pull out that QB sneak late in the game. It was just not a pretty offensive display for any Eagle and you would think that taking Goddard out of that offense would have meant bigger and better things for Smith and Brown. Well, they got the targets. They just didn't get the production, and the running game was not working against the Indianapolis Colts. So it wasn't pretty, but now we get a home Sunday nighter against the Green Bay Packers. And you know Green Bay wants to run the ball, so maybe we'll see a, a run fest on Sunday night football again. Still need this Eagles offense to get back on track. From them down to the Commanders, who handed the Eagles their first loss of the season a mere week ago. So they beat the dicks off the Houston Texans and <laughs> were in control early, had a pick six right out of the gate. And yet somehow Antonio Gibson and, and Brian Robinson didn't hit. I mean, I just, it was tough to see. Gibson did play 68% of the snaps, his highest snap share percent of the season. 18 for 72 rushing and three for 31 receiving. So he still got you there. Was that 13.1 PPR points? Not a bad day, but you just, you want, you assumed a touchdown from one of these running backs. Didn't get one from either James or James, Brian Robinson. It was 34% of snaps was 23 raw snaps. He was on the field for 23 snaps, 15 carries for 57 yards. He's on the field. They're handing him the football. I mean, that is seems insane to me that he, he got 15 handoffs on his 23 snaps played. Still did precious little with it. Empty stat line, 5.7 points. Terry McLaurin had his first Heineke dud and still put up 9.5 PPR points on four for 55. This is a game after pick six and just a just cavil, you know, just a calamity of errors. From the Houston Texans, the commanders did not have to do anything to win this game, and they did not you know, on offense. So, uh, unfortunate loss game where I thought this was a huge blow up spot for both of those running backs, and neither one of them got you there. So, that is the NFC East. <clears throat> Flew through that. All right, let's go to the West. Uh, I will go to the Chargers first. Isaiah Spiller coming on. He's not going to obviously take any work from Eckler, but. Saw 16 snaps, 25% is high on the year. Four carries, two targets. Didn't do a ton with it, but he is, uh, just looking at the workload, he has eclipsed. Sonny Michelle is the backup running back there, and if anything was to happen to Eckler, Spiller does kind of have that skill set to almost plug in. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a little more work here down the stretch. <laughs> in a game where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both came back, and everybody was like, all right, they're both back. Let's get them in our lineups. Josh Palmer explodes. I've been playing Palmer all these weeks. Both of them back. I said, all right, 
Move Palmer to my bench. 92% snap share, eight receptions on 10 targets for 106 and two scores. Thanks for nothing. Keenan Allen apparently is healthy. Saw 68% snap share, so he's out there. Everett missed some time, so McKitty, 60% snap share. Tight end didn't do a ton, but he is the guy as long as Everett is out there. Um, Moving to Kansas City. We mentioned at the start of the show the injury to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which may or may not have even mattered. But uh, Jarek McKinnon, 52% snap share. Pacheco, 40%. So McKinnon out there more, but Pacheco got 15 carries, no targets. McKinnon, six carries, only one target. So didn't even get the work on the passing game. It could have been game plan, game flow dependent, kind of the plan coming in. Who knows? Kind of interesting at wide receiver, though, with the injuries they had coming in plus losing Tony in the game. Watson with 88% snap share leading the team. Valdez Scantling 71% and Sky Moore 42%. So maybe keep an eye on Justin Watson's usage, especially, I mean, we'll see what happens when Hardman and Juju are back. But I, I thought that was surprising that he ended up being their guy that was out there the most. But, of course, with the injuries at wide receiver, who should they lean on? None of those bums. Kelsey, I think, got in the end zone three times, so not a shocker there. Denver, we mentioned the the injury to uh, Chase Edmonds and and the release of Melvin Gordon, leaving Latavius Murray as literally the only show in town. So see what they got on their uh, practice squad if you're super motivated. I don't know if you can trust anybody. This offense fucking stinks. Denver's terrible. (laughs) Last... Yeah. You're right. They're just so bad. There's a guy on wasteland. <laughs> There's yeah. a guy on YouTube. He's a, a a Broncos guy. And a couple weeks ago, he said, "This is Denver's worst game of the year." And then the following week, they were even worse. And he said, "The new worst game of the year." <laughs> and as they've gotten worse, I think yeah, his last six or five news. The new, new, new. New John, worst game of the year. John, the Broncos are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Carolina Panthers. With a game total me. of 36 points. Carolina's offense sucks. Their defense, their defense is – It's going to be a defensive battle, John. I mean, it's like the, the Broncos still have a decent defense, too. Like, this is going to be like the Carolina Panthers against the Ravens this past week. It's going to be Carolina. like 13-10. Give me Carolina. <laughs> I mean, are we going to get a uh, Sam Darnold this week? Because it shouldn't be friggin' Baker after his disgraceful game. I mean, that, that whole game sucked. It's hard to put it on him. Yeah, well, he extra sucks. Wow, well, I I don't disagree, but so so does Darnold. <laughs> well, he hasn't sucked yet this year, so we can't we can't put that evil on him. We got to see it first. I, you're not going to throw him to the Denver defense. You're not going to go go deal with this in your first game back. Especially since you don't want to win. So. Yeah, you're going to give him a soft landing spot. All right. Yeah. So last in the uh, West and could be least if Denver has anything to say about it. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Pretty interesting. Total snaps on the year. Hollins has 602. Devontae Adams, 607. So throughout the year, Hollins has kind of been out there just as much as Adams. Keelan Cole is a very distant uh, number three to them, but he did see 67% snaps this year. Another just trash shit offense that you really don't want any part of. So Keelan Cole, 
wide receiver three on a bad team. No, thank you. Uh, last five weeks, Foster Moreau has seen minimum 96% snap share, has done nothing really with it, though. 15 receptions on 26 targets, 177 yards, only got in the end zone once. If they could score a little more, Foster Moreau is actually, you know, okay in a, in a league where tight end production is, is trash. I mean, three receptions a week, eh, could could do a little better. Could see the yardage, but yeah, if he could just score a little bit in the end zone, kind of like Darren Waller was being used. And I know he's not on the same skill level as Waller, but he is a super athletic guy, and the team likes him. They've had him for a long time. I, I like him coming out of LSU, so I think he could do more. But I mean, this whole offense just fucking sucks. It's just Jacobs or Bust, and he hasn't even been that good in a couple weeks. So, <clears throat> ugh, closing on a whimper there in the West with Denver and the Raiders. Well, you took a shot at Josh Jacobs on your way out there because he's. Been good. He had 78 in a touchdown two weeks ago. He had 109 rushing yards against Denver this past week. He hasn't been as good as he was during that epic three-week run. But, I mean, he's going to splash 1,000 yards in this game, likely rushing. He's more involved as a pass catcher than I think anyone anticipated. So, put some respect on Josh Jacobs' name. Well, he's it. I mean, he's the only guy you can trust. I trust him more than Devontae Adams. Yeah, the Raiders are – Dumpster fire. Devontae Adams, 925 yards, 10 touchdowns. I mean, just talk about an empty contract, right? The dudes don't know the stats they paid him for. Raiders, three and seven. So, just, yeah. But also, you see what's <laughs> him not being in Green Bay. To play so, I mean, yeah. Car will not be there next year. Nope. Uh, no, sir. Fact. Yeah, check the stats. So from your west of mine, so the Seahawks came off a bye, so nothing to talk about there. Hopefully we're getting a fully healthy DK Metcalf coming back from Germany with some time to help that patella tendon injury that saw him miss no time. But, you know, excited for this finishing stretch. Watch the Seahawks just gash the Raiders uh, on Sunday. But starting with the Rams, Stafford concussion. Season was already over. Now it's like over, over. It was like over. Now it's like over, over. Uh, over and uh you know guys are you know starting to book their vacations <laughs> at this point in time the hangover is real uh so are a lot of other things like how their offensive line is terrible their defense has gotten average overnight and you know this is just <laughs> just a catastrophic fall from a defending super bowl champ i can't in recent memory remember a team that's just fallen so quick and it hasn't been like injury related yeah they've had their fair share but not like catastrophic like injury this is just team just fell off year over year running back splits 55 percent of snaps went to kyron williams everyone's talking about cam makers cam makers had a good game he only played 39 percent of snaps daryl henderson a mere six percent of snaps so they're mixing it up they're giving cam some more work he was productive with his touches but kyron williams was the leader and it's because they were chasing points in this game and he's more of the dual purposey guy i do think he's a someone that you need to be Paying particular attention to because this lost season will continue for those Rams, and they're going to find themselves in negative game script more and more often with less and less pass catchers after losing Cooper Cup. So Kyron Williams could be a low-end RB2 flex type. You know, at, at the end of this year, they're clearly phasing out Darrell Henderson, giving Akers a little bit of work, but they're seeing what they got in Kyron Williams. And then I said Tyler Higby was the clear beneficiary. Got to get him in there. He's going to be the guy. Well, he, he led the team in targets. He had eight targets, which was roughly 30% of the target share on the team, but still only produced a four for 45 stat line. And it wasn't even that good. So didn't really hit for you. 8.5 PPR points is not the worst thing in the world from the tight end, but 
I expect better days uh, from Tyler Higby when you're getting touchdowns to other guys like Allen Robinson and I think Van Jefferson even got one, if I recall correctly. But Rams suck. Moving on, 49ers. Yikes, they uh, they're forced to be reckoned with, but I don't think that's necessarily the best thing for our fantasy teams. Um, as Debo saw 31% of the team targets, Christian McCaffrey saw 24% of the team targets. George Kittle saw 21% of the team targets, so that's 76% of the team targets. And then, oh, uh, Brandon Oak scored twice on what was left over. In the game, Eli Mitchell, 6.6 yards per carry. CMC, 5.6 yards per carry. Damn, Debo had 12.3 yards per carry. Yeah, he lost two yards outside of his 39-yard TD run, but the 39-yard TD run still happened. So there's just there's, – it's a running back roulette, you know, and, and they're even giving Debo a couple touches. They're spread so thin as far as their pass catchers are concerned that you know if Debo didn't get there rushing, he wouldn't have had a good game, even though he was their target leader at 31%. Kittle got his two touchdowns because they played the Cardinals, and that's what happens, but he usually doesn't do anything for you. CMC, what, seven catches, if I recall correctly. So he got to there in PPR, but didn't score, you know, didn't really explode on the team. And then, like I said, Ayuk was was on the low rung of the tar- target totem pole, but he just caught two of the touchdowns. So there's a lot of points to be had, but you know, this is going to be an any given Sunday you know, for the 49ers looking poised to make a deep run in the playoffs again. But you could think you have the nuts and, uh, you know, come up drawing dead uh, any given Sunday with these 49ers. Is, it's, you just don't know where it's, where it's going to go at the end of the day because, you know, Eli Mitchell could have scored two touchdowns in this game and no one should have been surprised. But 49ers – Pretty complete team at present and getting healthier. Lastly, the Arizona Cardinals. So, uh, hey, I got a quick Niners <laughs> question for you. They look good. They're a very good real football team. Fantasy, you know, spin the wheel each week. But they make the playoffs. Let's say they go to the NFC Championship, which is a real possibility. And the NFC is such a shit show. There's no reason they couldn't be a playoff team at this or a Super Bowl team. What the fuck are they going to do with Trey Lance and Jimmy G? Jimmy G's taking them to two Super Bowls. I, yeah, I mean, what be, do you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the answer is. I mean, because he's you, he's you, just got to sit there with his with his hand out, you know. Like, you know, he didn't show me to love at this point. Like, he he took a pay cut to come back to stay on the team before Trey Lance got hurt. So he's taking less money this year to, yeah, take him to the promised land potentially again. Yeah. I mean, I know he's in as dynamic as maybe a Shanahan would want, but what do, yeah, he, he but keeps it, his offense on schedule. And how like, the fuck do you keep the locker room? There, if he goes to another Super Bowl or NFC championship game, you can't tell me he's not the guy that the players want at quarterback. And yeah. it's not even dinging Trey Lance. He's no. taking him there. Yeah, listen, I mean, this is, uh, you don't put Drew Bledsoe back under center, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Jimmy had a much stronger resume at that point in time than, than young Tom Brady did when Belichick made the call. Like, yeah, sometimes he's going to be like, well, maybe we were wrong with this whole trade and everything to go get Trey Lance. Like, we, we had the answer in the house all along. Lucky we didn't let it get away. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see because they're poised absolutely. to make a deep run. They're poised they're to make good. a deep run. They're good. Um, and lastly, I was talking about the Cardinals, right? So uh, Kyler of Duty Mary didn't want to play <laughs> this week. And uh, they're already saying he might not play next week either. And then I think they have a bye after that. So 
You might get a lot of Colt McCoy and or Trace McSorley who finished this game. Um, I don't know if that was due to injury or not. Like I said, didn't yeah, I didn't know either. <clears throat> McSorley got some snaps. It was a blowout, so maybe it was just mop-up work. But what that mop-up work looked like, James Conner saw 14 and 19 running back carries and all five of the running back targets. Like, it's just they're just going to run him till the wheels fall off, right? They paid him. Yeah, they're going to get their money's worth. I mentioned Rondell Moore. Unfortunately, he left after the first play with a hamstring injury, took like a six-yard loss, and then got hurt. And that was the end of the day for Rondell Moore. It let another Greg Dortch explosion game happen, um, which don't go chasing that because Marquise Brown is going to be back sooner rather than later, it sounds like, and Rondell Moore, who knows the severity of the injury. So Greg Dortch is just hollow fantasy points again. Lastly, DeAndre Hopkins has seen 12-plus targets in four or five games since returning from a suspension. Just death taxes, 12-plus targets to DeAndre Hopkins. He's just going to get you there through hell or high water, and at least a good thing with the Colt McCoys, he knows where the ball is supposed to go. Like, it's narrow. It's, I'm just starting to the same three guys over and over and over again. I don't know if A.J. Green would have got the work he did if it weren't for injury, but you got to think Colt McCoy and A.J. Green probably throw balls to each other quite often as the not starters. You know, we're talking second team type guys. So he's keeping A.J. Green afloat the last couple of weeks as well, but it's pretty much DeAndre Hopkins or bust. You, know, you get enough out of James Conner because of volume in this offense. But until Marquise Brown comes back, I'm not really touching anything else on this offense. Zach Ertz is out. And so we saw a large target share, target share went to Trey McBride, but didn't do anything with it. Secured all four of his targets for 14 yards. Like I just think he's a rookie. You know, I'm not putting any stock in him this year. So it's literally just force feeding targets to DeAndre Hopkins. I would not be surprised if he saw a 20 target game this year. Uh, yeah, certainly in the realm of possibilities there. That's that's the end of your west, so I'm going to head south, Ge- geography-wise, and mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in fantasy goodness. Let's uh, kick this off with the horrific Houston Texans, another potential quarterback controversy here. Uh, Davis Mills is playing like shit. Unfortunately, behind him is Kyle Allen with Jeff Jeff. Driscoll on the practice squad. So even if they get rid of Mills, there's nobody behind him that really <laughs> gives them any hope, right? I mean, Mills was hopefully the guy they could plug into the future. They're obviously taking a quarterback early uh, in this draft. That's what I said. Not- Davis Mills has done exactly what the Houston Texans wanted him to do. Yeah, correct. games. <laughs> That's it. Got to keep him in there. Uh, Eno Benjamin, newly acquired, didn't see any snaps, didn't get in the field. Not surprising for for the NFL. Uh, and I don't see him getting any meaningful work and, unless something happens to Damian Pierce. This game was just a total dumpster fire. Cooks, 80% of snaps. Collins, 86%. Tight end is just a, a mix mash of mush here. Tegan Quintoriano? Jordan Akins, who they cut before the year started, played, uh, I think, with the Giants for two games and came back, has been their most productive guy. And then O.J. Howard has a few splash games. Damian Pierce is the only guy you can plug and play every week, and he even let you down this week. Cooks, you know, you're going to put him in there. Nico Collins had a few games here and there. This team just fucking stinks and stinks for fantasy. Uh, No thank you. On to 2023 for them. Uh, Indianapolis Colts looking pretty good under Jeff Saturday. I, I mean, I don't know how much a head coach really makes a difference. You know what I mean? Like I always think they kind of organize and, and, and run the ship, but your offensive coordinator, your defense coordinator, the guys actually calling plays are the ones 
doing it all. But the team seems to like Saturday, seems to be a guy that like players could get behind. I'm curious to see how they play the rest of the year and if the team chooses to keep him in there. Because I don't think he's – even though he has no experience, I don't think he's bad at his job. Like I said, his job is to pick his supporting staff. So a, a, an offseason where he would – you know, potentially pick a new OC, DC, and you know all all those other coaches could be interesting. The team seems to play for him. They hung in there with your with your Eagles, who are arguably one of the best teams in football, uh, and definitely in the NFC. Um, but wide receiver, very clear cut here. We, it's going Pittman. It's going Paris Campbell. It's going to Alec Pierce. Is there there? Even though he out targeted him, snap wise, not so much. With with Saturday and they're a coach, they're leaning heavily on Jonathan Taylor, which is what they should have been doing all year long. And then at tight end, we mentioned it, I think, uh, last week or the week before. With the injuries, it's kind of splitting down, 60-40 split between Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson. But uh, when Jelani Woods comes back, it's going to be, you know, 30-30-30 like it was earlier in the year, I would assume. But a- another team going nowhere, hard to trust them week in and week out. You know, not sure what they're doing at quarterback. Just – a lot of questions for a team that's been a giant disappointment, but I do like Taylor the rest of the way, especially if Saturday's going to lean on him heavy, which he should. Tennessee Titans uh, handily defeated Green Bay, which seems like a month ago, but that just happened. Hassan Haskins saw his highest uh, snap since week two. Don't think it meant anything because they had had that game in hand and trounced Green Bay. Um, and Tory Carter got on the field. Again, Not nothing to – pay attention to unless Derrick Henry went down, but it's just a name to be aware of if you're a Derrick Henry owner. Traylon Burks, kind of a breakout party. Seven receptions on eight targets for 111. Only 50... Yes, sir. Could be merging down the stretch only on 50% snap share, where uh, Robert Mm. Woods saw 76 and Nick Westbrook-Akini saw 79%. So he was their third guy out there, but he got all the work. He, Like I said, eight targets... Woods had seven targets, and uh, so did West. No, Westbrook only had two targets. So it, it was all him. And I, you know, if they're going to be leaning on Derrick Henry and then taking the big play shots as teams get up to play the run, Burks is the guy who's going to be the beneficiary. He could close the year out like a monster. I, I mentioned this kind of uh, earlier in the year where he was, you know, struggling, where he was puking and all this nonsense, wasn't ready for football when the year started. But it was kind of a similar thing we saw with Odell Beckham and what we saw with Jamar Chase where these guys had a real slow start their rookie year and a lot of stuff didn't happen there's a chance he explodes to close out the year so I'm very curious to see what he does coming up this week Uh, tight ends there's a dumpster fire Swain kind of emerged as a guy but the last couple weeks done nothing with it we've talked about Hooper at length They, they need to just play Chigokonkwo. I mean, the guy's explosive. When they've had him out there, he's done good things, but they're playing him less than the other two. I'm sure it's just because all the stuff he's asked to do. But I, I, I love him as a dynasty stash. I think he's one of the better rookie tight ends you could have out there hoping something becomes of him in the future. And He has a Delaney Walker type vibe to him, right? Undersized, uh, like try hard guy <laughs> yeah and he's good he's good where they give him the ball he's been yeah. good and then jacksonville was on the buy so nothing there closing uh on a whimper and that's yeah, it for myself so excited when you started talking about Traylon burks um if, if we love Traylon burks 
there at, at the 40 was my wide receiver one on he ended up as yours did he you didn't uh, yeah no him him pick you your two. one okay yeah. yeah i know i know you jumped Pickens way up there too but yeah we held strong team trailing not that i don't think drake london's done anything to disappoint he just happens to play on the falcons but listen burks is on the titans <laughs> situation not staggeringly better as far as pass offices are concerned but i think we've learned right i mean i, I fantasy community as a whole has learned situations change. when AJ Brown was there. I mean, even though Tennessee did suck as a landing spot and, and AJ Brown was, you know, behind Corey Davis at the time and it didn't matter. So if you do like these guys and they are transcendent, good players, I, I I'm, I'm still a big landing spot guy, but for a few particular guys, I think there's their, their landing yeah. spot proof. And it, he I might be one great. of them. Hurt my heart. I gave up one share of Traylon Burks. Was in a league where I'm I'm going for it, and I ended up packaging him in a deal to get Stephon Diggs. So I can't hate uh, on that one, but I do like the prospects of the next eight plus years of Traylon Burks just bullying D backs. So from your south to mine, start off with the Bucks. They had a bye after that Germany win against the Seattle Seahawks. So nothing to say there. Lenny is supposed to be back from his i think hip pointer say it was a long-term injury but rashad white will be eating more off of lenny's plate this thanksgiving season whether he likes it or not so might make lenny a little hungrier than uh, than he's been you know the last several weeks from them to the panthers this was a three-point game midway through the fourth quarter and the snap count still went chuba hubbard 40 percent Donta Foreman, 39%, and Blackshear, 19%. And sorry, I don't know Blackshear's first name, so that's why he's Blackshear, 19%. I thought it was Rashid. 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 There you go. You're not helping. something. (laughs) Risk something, Blackshear. That's what we're going with right now. It is Raheem. No disrespect to Raheem Blackshear. But, yes, 19% of snaps in a close game. I sell you those snaps to tell you this was a three-point game midway through the fourth quarter with the Baltimore Ravens. Why is Dante Foreman not seeing more work? These are the scripts where he is supposed to be seeing more work than the rest of these backs, and he just wasn't. Not like he was staggeringly effective. He only had 2.2 yards per carry, but Chuba Hubbard averaged zero yards per carry on his four carries. So maybe they just admitted that Baltimore was just, I would assume, loading the box to make Baker Mayfield beat them. That's how I would play the Carolina Panthers, but still – more snaps should have been Dante Foreman's way. Uh, I told you once Baker Mayfield was named a starter to sit DJ Moore and start Terrace Marshall. Well, Terrace Marshall out-targeted and out-produced DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall, seven targets, three catches, 76 yards. DJ Moore, five targets, three catches, 24 yards. Baker Mayfield equals death for DJ Moore. I am not starting DJ Moore so long as Baker Mayfield is under center, and that will include this week where if I have any other reasonable option than DJ Moore, I am sitting him. Um, and granted, it's against the Broncos, who probably will have Patrick Sertain on DJ Moore on top of Baker Mayfield not throwing any footballs near him organically. So that sucks. Down to the Saints. David Robson, David, David Robson, David Johnson is now the handcuff, I guess, to Alvin Kamara. He signed and played 18% of the snaps. I mean, just imagine the fantasy glory of that backfield Four or five years ago. I, mean, I didn't even know that that happened. Unstoppable. Yes. Chris Olave played 49% of the snaps and his lowest raw snaps of the season at 28 and still produced a five for 102 and one stat line. Had a big 
50 plus yard touchdown, but still just crazy how few stats he was on the field for 28% of snaps. So still found his way into five for one or two on the touchdown. So good for him. And then lastly, Jawan Johnson has a touchdown in three straight games, totaling 10 catches, 133 yards and three touchdowns over that span. He is now a plug and play tight end. If you don't have one of these upper echelon guys, if you were a Kyle Pitts owner who finally was let off the hook, with this MCL injury and don't have to start him anymore, there's a chance that Juwan Johnson is on your waiver wire and you should be picking him up because he is the clear tight end you want in the Saints offense. Lastly, speaking of those Falcons, we had already mentioned Pitts' MCL tear. He is done for the year. Like you said, at least it's not an ACL, so it should be a speedy recovery, should be ready to start you know, the 2023 season, hopefully with a better quarterback and game plan under center. Than he has this year because this was a lost season for Kyle Pitts. All hail CPAT, the kick return king. Took his ninth to the house on Sunday. Love to see it. We are big fans of Corderell Patterson here. Hopefully your league gives you the touchdown at least. Maybe not the, the return yards. Some leagues do do that. But hopefully you got the touchdown because he didn't do shit other than that. <laughs> just limiting all the snaps of these running backs. And then lastly, snaps don't matter is my new my new slogan with the Falcons because Drake London played 76% of them. You want to know what his stat line was, John? Go for it. Three targets, one reception, two yards, one touchdown. <laughs> yep. That's that, that happened. That happened. 76% of snaps got you a blistering 7.2 points only because he found the end zone. That is just crazy. Traylon Burks almost surpassed that fantasy output on his 151-yard catch. I mean, it's just sad. Lost season for Drake London as well, acting like you know these players don't age year over year, that we can just mothball two players like Kyle Pitts and Drake London for an entire season uh, of their NFL l- productive lives. It's, it's unfortunate. The Falcons <laughs> deserve better. And we deserve better as fantasy managers. But that is the Falcons. That is the South, sir. And that is the show. So. That is how the South was lost. <laughs> both, both, yeah, both <laughs> of these South just suck. Yeah. Who, who's his worst? I got Jacksonville, Tennessee, who we both still don't believe in, the Colts in Houston, and you got Tampa with Brady. So that's the they, – they wipe out Tampa and uh, Tennessee kind of – knock each other out. So Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans or Houston, Indianapolis, or Jacksonville, who's worse? Only one of those eight teams is above 500. Tennessee somehow. And it's Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, just... I think you're worse. I think the NFC is worse because Jacksonville's okay. And yeah, the and, and the are showing Falcons, signs of life. Yeah, and the Falcons are a fake five and six. They're fucking right? terrible. Yeah. Yeah, this is how these teams have – Five, four, and three wins is insane. The Falcons, Saints, and Panthers, they're, they're all bad teams. They've all been outscored significantly by their opponents. None of them deserve to even be sniffing 500. So that's the South. Let's do a quick waiver wire, and then I want to end with a segment called What Happened? I'll uh, tell you what that is. All right. Well, I, yeah, I just got one. My waivers are quick. I, I mentioned I was all over Mike Thomas earlier in the year. This Trenton Irwin guy who comes out of nowhere for Cincy, I, I think he's worth grabbing on a team that uses three wide receivers heavily. They, they seem to like, like I said, Thomas wasn't getting a shit ton of work anyway. But for this guy to come off the practice squad and get 70% snaps, I, I think they 
like him enough to get him involved. He got in the end zone on his, you know, first game out there. So I'm going to be trying to grab him where I need wide receiver help. But other than that, dumpster fire everywhere. I mean, not. All right, here we go. Just rattle him off. All right, I'm going to start at the tight end because I love tight ends. I already mentioned Juwan Johnson. He's only rostered in 30% of leagues. I mean, just 70% of leagues should uh, roster Juwan Johnson at this point in time, unless you are not required to start a tight end. Also, Logan Thomas showed signs of life, and he's only 6% rostered. Um, yeah, because I dropped a, him. Yeah, been a lost season for him, <laughs> but look good. Started him the last two weeks, he had nothing. Yeah. He played both games, zero points. I drop it's, him. It's, it's, it's been a labor of love with Logan Thomas, but you know, if in you know, if you lost Dallas Goddard a week ago, if you just lost Kyle Pitts, you know, there's there are other options out there at the tight end position. Wide receiver, you've mentioned Demarcus Robinson. He is only five percent rostered. He is the clear wide receiver one in Charm City. Like they don't want to throw, but they're going to throw like fifteen passes a game to wide receivers. There's no reason he won't see seven, eight targets any given Sunday. And as long as defenses continue to focus on Mark Andrews, this guy could have reasonable, at least flex-worthy fantasy production week in and week out. There is no one else there. Sky Moore, six percent rostered, and it I wrote it only took injuries to Miko Hardman, Juju Smith Schuster, and Kadarius Tony. For Sky Moore to get snaps, get on the field, but but it happened. And Miko's on IR. Juju, that was bad concussion. Who knows? Could be multi week. Tony just picked up his hamstring. He's missing multiple weeks after this. Sky Moore is going to be on the field again. You mentioned Justin Watson. I do like Justin Watson. You know, and it seems like the Chiefs like him a lot as well, including Pat Mahomes. Either one of those guys, if they're going to get the snaps, will produce in this Chiefs offense. So. Pick your poison. Do you want the field stretcher? Or you want the PPR potential guy? They could both eat against the Rams on Sunday. So keep a lookout for any Chiefs wide receivers. And lastly, running backs. I mentioned Kyron Williams earlier. He's only 28% rostered. Might not be pretty, but in PPR leagues, I think you could do worse. And then you mentioned Samaj Piran. He's only 8% rostered, as he well should have been, because there's no reason to have him on a roster, even if you're a Mixon owner. But Mixon's in the concussion protocol. If he mix, misses the week, we see what happens. He becomes the bell cow in that offense. And they are at Tennessee, which is a game where they should be able to run, short passing game, things like that. Probably a close game. It's not going to get away from them, where Piran could get scripted out that – if Mixon's out, Samaj P. Run's probably a top 20 running back this week. I hate it. Could even be higher than that. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think Tennessee could mitigate the run game, so maybe P. Ryan could still eat a little bit as a passer, but I don't expect Tennessee to run away and hide in the game. So I think P. Ryan would probably be in the 15, 18 touch club. And yeah, that probably ring in around a mid low end RB two for me. So those are my receivers. So I, what happened? So we find ourselves in a unique position, right? Where we already talked about the Thursday games earlier. And by the time this episode releases the Thursday games will have happened. So I just want to walk down the slate <laughs> real quick. And I want us to tell the audience what happened on Thursday as when, by the time they listen to this, the Thursday football games will already be over with. So whether you want to go, Total score, win, loss, cover, fantasy, anything. Give me one thing that happened in the Bills-Lions game on Thanksgiving. Uh, Let's get nuts. Detroit playing hard behind their lunatic coach after coming off, I think, two straight wins in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Detroit hangs in there and covers the nine and a half in a game where Buffalo should smash their brains in. Detroit makes it an exciting start to Thanksgiving Day. Just so we're clear, the Lions have won three in a row. 
That is truly a two on the road. Yes, back to back roadies. Versus Packers at Bears at Giants. So not a murderer's row. This is going to be the first big test. But even the week before that against the Dolphins, they lost 31 to 27. So they were close. Even before this win streak, they've been in games. The Dallas Dallas Cowboys slacked them in week seven, 24 to six. And that was before the Patriots blanked them. But they've been in more close contests than anything. They can score points. I I don't disagree with you here. I said it earlier, just going to double down on Stephon Diggs, two touchdowns in this game on Sunday, whether it's a cover or not for the Lions, it's still most of the scoring is going to run through Stephon Diggs. 430 game, Giants at Cowboys. Let's go with let's see what's gonna what's gonna ruin your day the most. Let's go all Zeke, no Pollard. They're gonna they're gonna go do what Jera likes to do at home, the special game. It's gonna be a, a heavy Zeke day, and they're gonna make Pollard disappear because they just want to ruin your holiday. If I recall correctly, the history with the Giants is that they're bad against the tight end or at least have historically been bad against the tight end. I don't know if that holds true this year, but I have a funny feeling. 80 yards and a touchdown from Dalton Schultz on Thanksgiving Day. Going to be a big Dalton Schultz day on Thanksgiving. He's getting the targets from Dak. I'm going to say he finally marries the production on 430. Last and certainly least, the New England Patriots head – to Minnesota for the rebound game, potentially, for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. He ain't prime time. He ain't rebounding. And this is the primest of prime time. This is like the – Yeah. Uh, New England does what New England does. Justin Jefferson, three receptions for, uh, let's say, 42 yards. Shut down. Not a factor. Yes. Okay. I, I'm going to go twofold here. First, I'm going to say 10 receptions for TJ Hawkinson in, in this game. Second, I'm going to say that Damian Harris outscores Ramondre Stevenson in PPR leagues. And that is what happened on Thanksgiving, John. I mean, I can't imagine anything other than what we indicated happened and happening. Hopefully, everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. All of our predictions came true. Everything that we said in the fantasy cornucopia transpired. And everyone just set on in for a nice weekend of full football. All 32 teams going. Johnny, why don't you take us out of here? Yeah, that should do it for us. For myself, John Abar, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. a good pause. <laughs> All right. Done. Gobble and bro- I, can't, I can't gobble again. I just gobble.
<laughs> it was an outstanding turkey, by the way. You like that? <laughs> I know the video was off, but John, there was definitely, you know, the, you got the gobbler yeah. still. I was fully committed. I should probably cut the video again just to I, be I, safe. I didn't go halfway. Huh. I wouldn't do wings. I would do a fucking uh, uh -oh. whatever. Oh. <laughs> You can't. That doesn't. You know, it's hard to do that. Right? <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah, more, more the chicken dance, but you know, I was, I was in. I was in character. Right. I'm impressed. Thanks, bud. Did you see that video? It was like whatever Tariko does. What's he do? ESPN now? Or no, he doesn't do ESPN. I don't know what the fuck he, he does. does. NBC. Well, he's worked for. Because yeah, he he's still, even when he was on ESPN, he still did the Olympics and shit for NBC. Oh, yeah, he, so. yeah, he that day just getting paid. But they showed where, wherever they cut from, they showed like a farm of turkeys. <laughs> and I forget what his statement was, but it was all like, <laughs> it's very un Rico esque. It was like, you know, uh, something about like just fewer days left. But I was like, did he just say that? <laughs> Damn, Good old. One hundred percent Italian, Mike Tarico. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew that would come out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that will ask him. Aside, aside from that, personal, personal <laughs> things aside, that guy's fucking good, man. He's he's uh, uh, he's he's versatile. He can, yeah, and Talk he's good at it. All of yeah. them. Yes. Do fucking hockey, the golf. stupid Olympics. Yeah, golf. He's Great and he's golf. good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the dude just cracked the code. He's not pigeonholed. Versatile. You need me to. You need me to talk about pickleball. I'll talk about pickleball. Yeah, you know, a little, little. Uh, was that a the thing where you slide on the ice? What's that called? Curling. curling? Give me a little curling. Yeah, I think Tariko can make curling even more fun, and it's already awesome. I still don't know what the fuck they're yelling when they're playing curling. Are they yelling hard the whole time? Oh, yeah. Probably at each other. It's weird. All right. <clears throat> Let's go.